What is up, everybody? How are we doing after this Pro Bowl weekend? We're finally here. We're finally here, guys. We're here in the week leading up to the Super Bowl. That being said, you're here for a Colts podcast. This is the Peace of Mind Colts podcast. This is an extension of the Peace of Mind podcast, which I run with my boy Asif. I suppose we run together. Some of you here may be coming from there. Some of you here may just know about the Colts cast. Either way, that is something you can check out if you want to hear our stuff about the Super Bowl and things of that nature. That's where you would go. But here on the Colts cast, we have one goal. And this is my first time doing an offseason, so you're here very, very early. I have one goal, well, two goals really, tied into one goal. I want both me and you listening to know more about this team, the Colts, next season than we did coming into this season. And to continue that cycle over and over again. By doing this, I'm hoping that we can educate the fan base and keep the fan base as close to the action as humanly possible By doing this, our voices will then be on the internet where we portray them, where we use them to try to create change within the organization. And when we create that change, it will be more informed change, it will be better change, and I think by having a more educated fan base, that ultimately, the team will be better off in the future. So that's really my goal here. I want to do good things for the city of Indy. That being said, this right here is the only Colts podcast based out of New York, Long Island, New York. And how do I know that? I don't, but you tell me another one running right now, Colts podcast, that's based out of New York. I don't know. So that's how I kind of want to do this off-season thing over here, right? We're kind of starting early, right? Because we're starting here on the week of the Super Bowl. I want to kind of pretend that I'm the general manager, right? I want to go through everything that the general manager would go through, other than the meetings, of course, but I'm talking about the research, I'm talking about the consideration and what we take into account when we look at this offseason, when we judge success, when we judge a failure, and kind of some of the things that maybe we can expect us to do. Maybe we'll be ahead of the curve on the organization. Maybe someone in the organization will hear us here. Maybe not this season, but perhaps next season. So what I'm going to start by doing today is I'm going to start by going all the important dates that we need to know going into this offseason. Now, of course, when you do a podcast, what you're supposed to do is be prepared with all the stuff on your screen. So I had a bunch of tabs open here. None of those tabs were the most important dates of this offseason. So let me filibuster real fast while I go and pull it up. Let me take a sip of water before we get into the nitty gritty of this show. Give you a breather real fit, real fast. Wow, that's like all the important dates. I want the important off-season dates. We're rolling to start this episode. And by the way, did anyone see Russell Wilson this weekend? Were you watching? I know I don't watch the, the Pro Bowl game. You know, if it's not Mac Jones doing the gritty, uh, you know, there's really nothing entertaining to watch. But uh, Russell Wilson in the uh, in the precision passing skills competition. I mean that was that was electric. I'm not sure if anyone saw that, but uh, it really was um, something special. Why is this so hard to find? Okay, here's the headline: Important NFL offseason dates to watch for in 2022. Now, this article right here on the Las Vegas Raiders website, not the Colts website, the Las Vegas Raiders website, will hopefully you know tell us what we need to know. That headline says it all, right? No, and of course they're going through all of it. Okay, so February 22nd is the first day for clubs to designate franchise or transition players. So if someone has a play, if, if I understand this correctly, 
if someone has a player option or a team option, this is the first day that you can make that decision as well if you're going to franchise, franchise tag a guy. Um, I believe March 8th, yes, March 8th is the last day. So from the 22nd to the 8th, that's when we can worry about franchise tags and transitions, right? And that doesn't include re-signing, that just includes people with a tag or an option. So now, the scouting combine is from March 1st to March 7th, so there's information that we can't talk about here just yet. But I'll be going into scouting these guys, and it'll probably coincide with that, um, with that date right there. So now... Right after the franchise tags and the options from March 14th to March 16th, we're looking at the re-signing period, okay? This is when we have to make the decisions as to who we're going to keep with the team and who we're going to let go. And, of course, we're going to dive into that, perhaps not today, but coming forward in the coming weeks. <coughs> Need some water over here. And then, of course, March 16th would be free agency. That's the fun stuff. And we kind of have all that going on. Garbage, 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 until the 2022 NFL Draft. So, to sum it all up, things we need to worry about this offseason, we need to worry about re-signs, we need to worry about the draft, and then on with those things, we need to evaluate our roster based off of who we have coming up. So, let's start by evaluating some of the team needs, right? And then we could talk about the re-signs and kind of how everything works together with that, okay? So, the things that I think we need as an organization, I think a lot of people would agree with this, okay? The offensive line, while we have a lot of great pieces there, we need to figure out that left tackle spot. That left tackle spot is obviously very important. I think Anthony Costanzo, despite the fact that many Colts fans would look at Andrew Luck, is one of the most devastating losses, if not the most devastating loss we've ever had. Anthony Costanzo, quietly, is one of the worst things. His retirement at a relatively early age, when you look at a guy like Andrew Whitworth at 40 in the Pro Bowl, not that that's the norm, but I believe Costanzo is 32, maybe 33. Him retiring is low-key, like, one of the worst things we've ever had to deal with. And Eric Fisher is not it. I played lineman in high school. I might have done a better job at left tackle than Eric Fisher. And I've more recently paid quarterback than I've played line. But I'll tell you, I would go out there with a little more pride than that. And then it looks like, as well, maybe we're not going to re-sign Glowinski. We're going to try to save that money a little bit there. So the offensive line, we need to plug up. Obviously, we like Kelly. We love Nelson. And we love Braden Smith. Really, we love those three, right? But it's a matter of getting those two pieces together. Would we consider Braden Smith to the blind side if we didn't feel like we could get someone there? I don't know. You don't want to take Quentin Nelson out of his left guard position, you know, when you're that good at something. You know, there's no need to switch things up. So I think we're going to need to find someone to go there. We need edge rushers. Because the guys that we've been relying on are either hurt or, or what it is. Kamiko Terre has not exactly worked out the way we would have liked him to. He is a guy we have to worry about in this re-signing period. But realistically, in my opinion, we never recovered. Like when we when we lost uh Justin Houston, when we lost D'Amico Autry, these were things that we never replaced, we never recovered from. So so an edge rusher is something, at least one, I think, that we really need to address this offseason. The corner situation, right? You know, who do we have who's kind of a free agent, right? You have Rose and TJ Carey coming up. I might let both of them walk, although with Gus Bradley being there, when you look at his days as a great defensive quarter, great really uh, have a couple great seasons in Jacksonville that no one will give him credit for going to the AFC Championship games and then being the defensive coordinator of uh, the Legion of Boom. Can you imagine? I almost remembered the freaking Jaguars and not the Seahawks. Point being is that Gus Bradley does like these, I guess, 
point being, I, I, I'm stumbling on myself right now, guys. Excuse me. Gus Bradley likes these big corners, these lanky corners, these press corners, these guys that could come in and support the run. I think Xavier Rhodes fits that mold, but he's kind of at an age where I'm not sure if we really want to give him money. You know what I'm saying? The safety position, obviously we're waiting on Blackman to come back, but I think this is something that we need help in that department. When you're out there starting, you know, Anderson Dejo, right? In, in place of some guys, you know you're not in, in a great place, right? So, so far we have O-line. I didn't even say wide receiver. Okay, maybe I did say wide receiver, but in case I didn't. So we have O-line, we have the wide receiver position and the tight end position. Kind of those just people to throw to. You have Justin Houston. <laughs> Justin Houston. You have edge rushers. You have corners, safeties, and I know everyone's tired of hearing it. Okay, I know everyone is tired of hearing it. But quarterback position is just going to have to be a discussion this offseason. Right? And I know there's a lot of people that support Wentz. I know there's a lot of people that are indifferent and just don't want to hear it anymore. And I get you and I hear you because I don't want to be one of those organizations like, uh, let's say, a New York Jets, or, right, that just attacks these guys. But at the same time, we have to be objective about what we saw with Carson. And we have to look at it and say, listen, you know, this is kind of a moment right now because do we want to rip the Band-Aid off? Because do any of you listening right now really, you know, would you be happy if Carson was the quarterback for the next seven, eight, ten years, you know? I don't think so. So my thing is, why continue forward if you don't even think that it's going to be like a beautiful long-term solution? So that's something that I think we have to talk about. I don't think we have to for we don't technically have to force it there, although I think we could. A little foreshadowing. I was talking about Russell Wilson before. I kind of want to talk about that a bit today because I don't think anyone's talking about it. And it's something that I think is very realistic, despite the fact that we gave up the pick for Carson. But I'll get into that. That's foreshadowing for later in the show. So those are our needs. Offensive line, people to throw to, edge rushers, corners, safeties, and that quarterback position. I mean, that's almost freaking everything when you think about it, guys. And for a team like ours, you know, it's not a great position to be in. Despite the fact that we had success this year, I think our coaching staff is great. I think our organization is great. And I think we have pieces that go in places. But I think we need a couple of big pieces or at least hopeful big pieces that could really put us over the top. I'm not sure if this is the offseason to do it, but nonetheless, you could always try. So, obviously with these team needs, there's two ways to address them. We can either sign them in free agency, or we could go into the draft, right? So as we cover the draft, I do just want to keep in mind that the strengths of this draft consist, remind you, there's not many quarterbacks perceived. There's not perceived to be many quarterbacks in this draft. The strengths of this draft are really looking at the offensive line position, which we need, the edge rudger position, which we need, the corner position, which we need, and the safety position, which we need. So our biggest needs are what's in the draft minus the wide receiver position, right? So the way I'm thinking we're going to do this, and you can tell me whether or not you agree or disagree, I say... We're going to have to sign a lineman, most likely, right? We're going to have to sign a lineman, but I think we should be drafting at that position. I think we've done a good job drafting at that position, and then we could kind of assign some pieces that are kind of like just-in-case type of pieces. Again, this will come as I evaluate some of the players as well. Um, yeah, so the draft, keep in mind, we don't have our first-round pick, right? So our first pick, I, don't, I say obviously... Meanwhile, I don't even know our first pick. I, it's, I know it's in the second round. Let me look it up real fast. Uh, I actually had that pulled up here too. Or so I thought. 
more filibuster. I think it's the 47th pick in the second round, which, uh, or 47th pick in the draft, which would be the, someone help me out here. It's like the mid-second round. Colts draft picks. You hear me typing? You hear me typing? You're doing this episode with me, guys. Colts draft picks 2022. We don't have the first rounder, so... That being said, Darius Leonard, second rounder. Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, second rounders, right? This isn't a round where, where we have not gotten anyone, especially with the current regime. So I really look over here, and, and I don't know what we want to draft here yet, right? Because we could draft any one of those those positions. But as the offseason progresses, what I'm going to do is scout positions, come to you guys with the information that I gather, and we could kind of decide who we want to draft there. You know what I'm saying? I had seen a mock draft with us drafting a quarterback in the second round. I don't think that's necessary. And in fact, as I said before, I think what we can really do is go after Russ if we want to go all in and push our chips to the middle of the table. But before we get there, let's talk about the people that we need to re-sign or let go, the people that we need to make a decision on this offseason, and let's just go through them. So, obviously Fisher's contract is up. I say if we could, let's get the hell out of Fisher. I don't want to see him start another game for us. That's just me. It's no disrespect. He's a champion, I believe. Point being, Eric Fisher has been a good tackle in the league for a long time. That Achilles injury as a lineman on the wrong side of 30 is an incredibly tough thing to come back from, and we saw it on full display this year. Eric Fisher, for me, uh, I don't think I'd resign Eric Fisher, so mark that one down. T.Y. Hilton, is he even going to be... Is he going to be retired? Is, is he going to, you know, we're kind of waiting on some information there. That being said, I think it's in T.Y.'s best interest to retire. I think he's perpetually injured at this point and really a shell of his former self. And I, I mean, that with no disrespect, T.Y., as a 25-year-old Colts fan, is one of my favorite Colts players of all time. Uh, he, he'd be nice to have around, but we can't rely on T.Y. If he wants to come back, we could take him on a small contract. I don't think he would get anything, you know, if he wanted us to match someone else's offer. I doubt it would be that much, and if it is, I say you let him go. But I'd like to have him as some veteran leadership or something as, as we bring in some younger receivers. Lewinsky, that's not my decision. That's the other GM's decision, the real GM's decision. Uh, I, I heard that we're not going to bring back Lewinsky, and that's fine. He didn't really perform up to the contract that we gave him. We really took a chance on Lewinsky. He gave us one very, very good year and hasn't quite lived up to what we expected. So if we feel we could do better there, I say we move on from Lewinsky, save the money. He's about to be 30, and let's go young at the position. Keep in mind that right guard spot of the Colts, part of the reason that Lewinsky was able to look so good. I'm going to, listen, I didn't play lineman in the NFL. Clearly, I'm here recording a Colts cast for you, but... In my experience playing lineman, when you're at that guard position, it is infinitely easier to play that position when you have a big time tackle to your right, you know, to one side of you and a big time center to the other side of you because there's a lot of communication that goes on from the center out at that position. And then po possibly depending on the uh, on the protection, you and the tackle are also going to have to figure out who you're picking up, right? Because let's say there's a linebacker and you have a guy on the outside, that communication matters. So when you have two very, very good veterans on the outside of you, the guard position on the Colts is a position that a lot of guys can step into and at least not look ridiculously bad, right? So I think that's a position on the team that who we fill in right there is going to be set up to succeed. And then we'll see how good they get from there. But I think that may be, and I may take this for granted, one of our easier positions to fill just because of the position that they're in on our team and the unit that's already in place. Now, we look at Xavier Rhodes. And really what I should have been doing is doing this by position. So I think after Xavier Rhodes, I'm going to stick on the corners 
and, and then go to position from there. So Xavier Rhodes is a guy that I really don't mind having on the team at all. He hasn't been great for us per se, but I, I mean, you know, it's not like we have studs at, at corner. At, at 32 years old, it's kind of a toss-up for me. Like, I'm not going to be upset if we get rid of him. I'm not going to be upset if he uh, if he stays. He is the type of guy that's exactly in the mold of what Gus Bradley likes out of his defensive backs at the corner position. So, Rhodes, I, I, I'll take him or leave him. It, depending, it depends on what the market value is for him. You know what I'm saying, guys? It really depends on the market value for Xavier Rhodes. TJ Carey, please, let's get him out of here. Nick Nelson, don't even know who that is. Al-Qadim Muhammad. Oh, man, you know what I'm saying? You have Muhammad, you have Ture, and you have Taekwon Lewis as defensive linemen that I look at. And I say, do we want to keep... Everyone else could leave, you know, unless we just want to keep them as like our, our, our third string guy. Point being is that the only guys that even have a chance to move the needle for us that are free agents are Al-Qadim Muhammad, Kamiko Ture, and Tyquan Lewis. And that's not saying much. Let's explore that position because even if we keep those guys, we're going to want to upgrade there. So I don't really think it's important what we do there. I'd still like to keep Torre. I would like him to be on the team, to be honest with you. I, I have a lot of faith in Torre, and he's from Rutgers, so he's very close to the island, so I do root for him a little bit extra. Uh, let, let's keep Torre, and we can get rid of everyone else. I don't even care. So, Glowinski, we already said we're going to get rid of, right? Uh, I don't, you know, Lyman, I, I'm sorry. You guys don't get coverage, and you, I can't draft you in fantasy. So, Chris Reed, Jake Eldrenkamp. Listen, if you're listening on the other end, and you know who those guys are, maybe you should start your own podcast because I'm not going to lie. I, I'd like to believe I know a decent amount about this team. If you know that, you know more than me. So maybe, you know, maybe you got a little side hustle going on, right? Bagley. Oh, we have the kicker situation. Oh, my gosh. Okay, that's going to be a separate episode because I didn't even think about that until I was looking at this right here. Holy crap, we have a decision to make it kicker. Okay, that's going to be a future episode, guys. Not going to get into it there, all right? The outside linebacker position, Zaire Franklin, right? Marlon Mack's going to be gone. Do we want to keep George Odom and Sandejo, one or both? Again, the thing with our free agents on so many levels this year is that even in retaining them, right? Like we said, we needed safeties, we needed linebackers. Even in retaining the ones we have, it doesn't exactly get rid of our need for the position. Now, it makes it where maybe we could put it off one more year, but in a perfect world, we would upgrade at each of those positions this season, right? So that's what we're going to shoot for. We're going to look for the best players possible there. That's going to be the track for this offseason. Wide receiver position. This is the one that I know a lot is going to hit home, right? So we talked about Hilton, Pascal, and Ashton Doolin, right? So I want to keep in mind that if we got rid of all these people, we would be left with Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, and who else? And, and, and Big Mike, number 17. I know very little about him, but Colts fans seem to love him. So we're going to have to keep someone here. And for me personally, I like Ashen Doolin. I like what he brought to our team. Do I think he's better than Pascal? Eh, maybe. And he's three years younger. Perhaps he's just what Pascal was three years ago. And we got a good few years out of that. So for me, I think a team's going to give Pascal a chance, and I don't want us to match the money that he's making. So I'm going to let Pascal go, and I'm going to let T.Y. walk if he wants money. Like, if he wants to come back and just give us a discount to retire with us and do, like, a last ride type of season, I'll give him that because I'm not going to disrespect the years that T.Y. put into the organization. But at the same time, you know, 
planning around him being a focal point of the offense is, is really more of a hindrance than it is anything else for us. So that's how I feel about T.Y. Ashton Doolin is a guy that I think we should keep. I think he's going to be okay with whatever role we give him. And I think he could really step in to a bigger role for us. Now, I'm not sure if anyone else feels that way. This is something that you guys obviously would have to let me know. But I really am liking Ashton Doolin. Paris Campbell, I love, but he cannot be relied on at all. So we're going to need to fill up this position. I think this is a position, without even looking at the draft, that we're going to have to hit pretty hard in free agency if we're going to be aggressive. And speak of aggressive, I'm about to get to the... Is it the meat of the episode? I don't know. But I'm about to get to the point in the episode that some people are tired of hearing about. But I don't care because I don't want Carson to be the starter of this team next year. Now, if he is the starter of this team, am I going to root for him? Of course, I'm not going to hope he fails. He's 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 the captain of our ship. You know what I'm saying? He's the captain of the of the SS Indianapolis, right? So this is we need Carson, right? We need Carson to be great. We need him to be good. Or something, right? We, we need him to cut down on the mistakes. That being said, I think he has shown us enough at this point in his career as to where I just, I don't think that, you know, I think that expecting him to be someone that we haven't seen yet is really just setting ourselves up for disappointment and setting ourselves up for failure. So I wanted to explore in this episode the possibility of us getting Russell Wilson uh, because you hear a lot of talk about Aaron Rodgers We've even heard some talk about Jimmy G, but I feel like Russell Wilson, perhaps the best fit of them all. Now, Russell Wilson is a guy that's been around a very long time and accomplished a lot, but at the end of the day, Russell Wilson is still at an age in which if we went and got him and really burned the bodies for him, he can't be much older. He's probably younger than Matt Stafford, yeah? I mean, Russell Wilson's 33 years old, so if let's say we got Russell Wilson. Assuming he wants to play till 38, it seems like everyone at least hits that 38 mark. We get five years of him. We get five years of Russ. I'll take that. That's a lot of time to figure things out. You know what I'm saying? And he is one of the best quarterbacks of our generation, although I did just read some blasphemy that I heard out of Ryan Clark in regards to Russell Wilson, saying that he's not He's not one of the all-time greats. Like he's not a generational quarterback. It doesn't mean just because you have Russ that you're a playoff team. And that is literally, historically, inaccurate it's completely inaccurate so i don't even know what he's saying you're looking at this year where he broke his his finger i mean that's an unfounded statement in my opinion it's completely unfounded completely nonsensical so with that let's get into a possible trade for russell wilson now i know again i know a lot of you are going to think this is nonsense but i want to we just saw it last season let's explore what the rams gave up for matt stafford because i think that trade is key because i you know this whole trade and quarterbacks business is, is really a new business in the NFL. Guys don't really do it. You know what I'm saying? So let's look at this. The Rams gave up Jared Goff, a, a below-average starting quarterback, to fill the hole, right? Now, do we have that? I want to draw the parallels here. So they gave Jared Goff to the Rams. We give Carson Wentz to the Seahawks, okay? We have already given up a first-rounder for Carson Wentz, okay? We have already done it, and I understand and the Rams gave two first-round picks for Stafford. I believe that we should give our next first-round picks, our next two first-round picks to patch up this band-aid, to, to patch up this hole here, okay? I know it sounds like a lot because we don't have the first-rounder this year, and then we wouldn't have two more 
Does it really matter if you have Russell Wilson with the young core we have in place? We're not a team that lacks youth, right? We would still have our draft this year. We have a boatload of money, right? And we don't have to eat any dead cap from Carson. I mean, the Rams even had to eat dead cap from Carson, so keep that in mind. In this trade, the they owed Jared Goff $22 million this year. We don't owe Carson Wentz a dime when he leaves us from here on in. So I say the Rams, the final trade was the Rams gave two first-round picks, a third-round pick, and Jared Goff. Now I ask you, do you think it would be worth it for us to trade Russell, or rather, do you think it would be worth it for us to trade Carson Wentz, our next two first rounders, and a third rounder for Russell Wilson? Can we get him for the same price? All I'm saying is that if that's what it costs to get Russell Wilson, for me, I think it's worth it. Because we already gave up for Carson. So we could either just accept the fact that we lost the trade here, or we could try to patch it up. And even if technically it's us giving three first-round picks for Russell Wilson, when you think about it in 2020 hindsight, right? Because the trading of to Carson, trading to get Carson Wentz enabled us to get Russell Wilson, right? If that's what it takes, for me, that's what it takes. The Rams acquired Matt Stafford. Look at the two teams in the Super Bowl. We're going into the week of the Super Bowl, okay? Look at the two teams that are in there, okay? You have a team in the Bengals that went all in for Joe Burrow's number one wide receiver at LSU. They signed Riley Reef. They signed Mike Hughes. Or Mike Hilton, rather. They signed... I don't have it in front of me. They signed... Um, gosh, they signed someone else on defense. Really not the point. Point being is that you had a Bengals team that was super, super aggressive and making sure that they had the tools that they needed on that team to make it. They're in. The Rams, do I even have to talk about it? You want to talk about going all in? The Stafford trade, the OBJ trade, the trade for Von Miller. They put all of their chips, as they have been, and they've been constantly one of the best teams in the league, they put all of their chips into the middle of the table. We have a fantastic coach. We have a fantastic GM, and we have a roster that the reason we're all so disappointed, the reason that Jacksonville loss hurt so bad is because our roster is there. Our roster is not a year away. It was not two years away. Our roster was there this year. We had everything you need. Now, we didn't have an elite defense, but our defense was elite at one thing. And I want to actually shout out, I was listening to a great piece by... Um, my guy Tiberius at the uh, the breakdown the break room breakdown sports podcast, and he was talking about some of the the things he actually has. A, it was a very good episode. It is the episode called "The Five Things That Championship Needs." It's it's a recent episode. I don't know the exact title. I'm sorry if you're listening. I'm sorry I don't know the exact title, but I'm gonna reference something that you said in that episode. You made a good point, a very very good point about defenses. That your defense either needs to be elite or or, and this is a great qualifier, and this is my point about the Colts this year, they need to be elite at one thing. And the Colts' defense this year was a fantastic turnover defense, along with the run game. And with that run game, the receivers would have worked if we had a quarterback that wasn't so turnover-prone. In my opinion, I think Carson lost us at least two or three games. And when you have Russell Wilson, you win those games. That's all I'm saying is that this is a team that's ready to compete now. And if we sit here and we wait for Carson to become something that he is not, 
We're going to watch that window slip right by and we're going to say, damn, what happened? And you know what we're going to look at? We're going to look at this offseason when all these quarterbacks were available and we did not push all of our chips in for one of those quarterbacks. I promise you, I marked this. We need to make noise about this, guys. We need to make noise about this. If you're listening, if you're still here, I need you commenting all over the cult shit, bringing it up to people that have a more important voice than I do. Let's make this happen. So, guys, that is the first episode of the Peace of Mind Colts cast. I did not say my name once throughout this entire thing. Some of you know me, some of you don't. My name is Justin, Justin Alfaro, diehard Colts fan. Since the first player I ever knew when I was young, maybe six years old, we had to do a book report in school. And um, and I did it on Peyton Manning. You know, people were doing it on Anne Frank, Martin Luther King Jr., I picked a football player because I was I was infatuated. So he was the first player I ever really knew, and I just stuck with the Colts since then. And it's been a, a great ride being a fan of this team, and I, I want the great ride to continue. So that's the goal here. If you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to get notified every week, right? You could leave a review on the show. You can follow us on Instagram at the Peace of Mind Podcast with a K instead of a C in the word podcast and if you really really liked it like if you loved it more than anything if you loved it more than your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your mom or your dad share it with one friend like if you have a colts fan friend that wants weekly colts content i mean this is going to be the place to be this offseason i'm telling you guys i don't just say that out of arrogance although i slightly say it out of arrogance and slightly to hold myself accountable to put episodes out here constantly i want to bring colts fans through the entire offseason in a way that's in-depth and, and productive for the for the fan base, I guess. Productive, you know, for us. Productive use of our time as fans this offseason. I want to make sure that we have that. So I'm not sure if that even makes any sense. But when you stop making sense, that's when you're supposed to end an episode. So with that, guys, thank you so much. I know I'll be giving this multiple times a month at the minimum. So I look forward to hearing from you soon. And until next time. Go Colts.